Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. It's time now for Market View. I'm Elliot Danker together with Cha Tien Tien. We'll be talking about REITs as well as the Fed's next moves. But first, let's get a recap of how we started the day. Right, Elliot. So Singapore shares rose today following an upbeat session on the European market. So if we look at the Straits Times Index, that was up 0.1% in early trade at 3,311 points. Some 53 million securities changed hands in the broader market then. Now, off to the closing numbers, the benchmark STI closed up 0.44% at 3,324 points. In terms of value turnover, that's around $958 million. Gainers trailed losers 245 versus 312. Top advances for today, UOB, Jardin Cycle and Carriage and DBS. And top decliners, New Incorporation USD, GMHUSD and Streets Trading. Now, in terms of companies to watch, REITs continue to be in focus this week. Uh, with Capo DC Reed among those posting their distribution numbers. Globally, investors now shift their focus away from US banks to the Fed's next move because uh, recent bank earnings have soothed concerns about the sector. So with a number of Fed officials set to speak this week and the central bank's beige book of economic conditions due today, what can we expect? Let's unpack all these developments with Carmen Lee, head of OCBC Investment Research. Carmen, how are you? Great, thanks. Uh, as you already say about the uh, market, I mean, in terms of the straight term, I mean, it's done mm. very well and we're not complaining. After all, you know, it did go out on Monday and went out on Tuesday <laughs> yeah. and then went up again on Wednesday today. But I think to be expected, this is the uh, result season. And so it tends to be a bit more choppy. Mm. And obviously, the US is going to be the one that will determine the uh, market sentiment in the coming days. Uh, I think we're not so worried about the fact that earnings are a little uh, weak, but what mm. we're more concerned about will be in terms of the whole guidance, because you know that the US company generally will provide a guidance for the forward uh, outlook in terms of the earnings. And I think people are watching that quite closely, strong to see how it will happen. But do bear in mind, the next few sessions will be still fairly choppy, as we've seen already in the Singapore market. Any surprises today when it comes to the biggest movers? Okay. I think in terms of the, what you already said just now earlier on, I think in terms of the uh, earnings season, uh, in Singapore in particular, the REITs mm. tend to uh, start it off first. And so we've already seen quite a couple of the uh, REITs having already announced their results. Uh, but I think the risk space will still continue to be very closely watched largely because these are what I would call very much interest rate sensitive sort of stocks. And in this environment, when we're seeing actually very much higher interest rate, uh, mm-hmm. that's why I think there's a bit of a concern from the uh, invest- investing public. But having said that, I think the asset space in Singapore is actually fairly well regulated thanks to the uh, MAS, which has already set a cap of about close to uh, 50% in terms of gearing ratio for mm-hmm. Singapore REITs. So in that sense, uh, in many ways, we are a little bit more comfortable versus uh, REITs in other markets. But again, having said that, because this is a high interest rate environment, so that's mm. something that we have to watch out quite closely. Right. Uh, I, yeah, a little bit more, a bit past about the, the this gearing ratio, which I think when you have to look at REITs, you cannot separate it from gearing ratio. Gearing ratio, of course, is debt over assets, right? And so in, in the context of Singapore, it's 50% cap. But most REITs in general are actually below that level. So we're talking about on average, maybe a closer about 38% for the Singapore mm. listed REITs. So that still gives us a little bit of comfort in terms of the ability to take on more debts or even in terms of how much they're going to service their debt in the coming quarters. Mm. Uh, Come on, we are going to talk a lot about REITs. We'll separate it REIT by REIT in that sense. Uh, let's start off with Sabana REIT uh, announcing a rise in its uh, aggregate leverage ratio to 33.1% as at March 31st, 2023. So it's up 32.4% from the previous quarter. Uh, tell us a little bit about your reading of this. And I mean... Is there an explanation as to why units of the REIT are trading higher? 
Okay, I think what happens now in this case is obviously it's, it's, it went up from 32.4 to 33.1. I mean, in terms of percentage, actually, it's very small. And again, like I say, if you look at the whole entire market, it's almost close to 38%. Mm. So if you first you look at 32 versus uh, 37, actually, it's still one of the most lowly geared, uh, sort of uh, listed with in the Singapore market. And that, in some ways, is actually a bit more comforting in that you know that only 30, 33% of its uh, uh, borrowings versus its total assets. So that's, in a sense, uh, uh, one of the better reads in terms of just purely on the growing ratio side of it. Yeah. Mm. And in the meantime, Carmen, uh, we do see Capo DC read, Capo Oak US read posting their distribution figures. To what extent were the performances within your expectations? I think so far this round, actually, we are expecting most of the reads to perform quite in line with our expectations. Largely because of the fact, I think uh, the whole expectation of slower earnings and the more challenging office space market uh, have already been in place for the last couple of quarters. So in terms of the expectation for REITs, REITs in general tends to give you a very sort of a predictable earnings stream. So REITs are actually generally likely to most likely come in within our expectation unless they're very small REITs with one or two assets. And that's where you can see a lot more volatility. Fortunately, I think the large part of the REITs that we track on a more daily basis are some of the bigger REITs. Some of them even having assets of close to more than 100. So that, in a sense, somehow that helps to even out the earnings for uh, the bigger REITs in the even if one or two properties uh, see an exodus of clients or, or some of the tenants decide to move out, you will still see that uh, having a slightly lesser impact than uh, perhaps a smaller risk with only one to three assets. We're speaking with Carmen Lee, head of OCBC Investment Research from REITs. We move to what is the Fed going to do next, Carmen? Well, we'll get an idea with the beige book of economic conditions uh, that is set to come out later today. Carmen, what are we expecting on this front? Okay, on the U.S. economic funds, I think it's fairly mixed here. I think inflation remains high, but uh, on the contrary, you look at it, the labor market is still very tight. So you would have expected that in a slow economy, the labor market should should look a little bit worse. But actually, the labor market in the, in the U.S. is still fairly healthy. So that's a, a little bit of a contradiction. But I think what is, of course, of more uh, pertinent concern at this point in time is the banking crisis that happened recently. Mm. So what happens now is that the credit condition now in the U.S. is actually quite tight. And this could impact a lot of businesses, especially those that need to go out and get some uh, borrowings or whatever. And not only on businesses, I think even on households, you'll find it also impacting their, their spending as well. Mm. So well, this could actually, in a sense, also slow down the economic activities over in the U.S. So uh, no surprise to see, I think the Fed and in fact most of the uh, global economies are actually, actually expecting another round of rate hikes in May. So that would be another 25 basis points. But I think the key question here is that when will the Fed start cutting? I mean, I think all, I mean, globally consensus-wise, most economists are already expecting another 25% hike in May. But then again, the big question is, will there be a cut this year, right? Mm. Uh, I think if you look at the inflation at this current level and the Fed being very committed to ensure that um, the inflation comes off, I think that any cut is unlikely to happen this year in 2023. Hmm. Well, speaking of whether there'll be a rate cut or how many rate hikes are we going to have going forward this year, we have a number of Fed officials, including New York Fed President John Williams, set to speak as well. To what extent will these officials echo a previous call for just one more rate hike this year? Uh, I think if you look at the consensus so far, based on the poll of all the economists, I think in general, uh, there's a high percentage that are quite confident that there will be another cut in uh, May. But beyond that, I think uh, it's actually quite uncertain at this point in time, which means that 
that there will be one cut in May and then the Fed is most likely going to hold it above 5% mm. for the rest of 2023 before we can actually look even at a cut in 2024. Yeah, and before we let you go, Carmen, uh, this question for you. Hong Kong's interbank liquidity is falling towards its lowest level since the global financial crisis. Uh, That's because of a wide gap between local and US interest rate, forcing Hong Kong to use frequent market interventions to defend the currency. But uh, what is the impact of low interbank liquidity on banks? And would it have a significant impact on bank stocks in Hong Kong? Yeah, I think situation has happened because of the fact that some traders have actually taken advantage of the very low borrowing costs in Hong Kong. And so because of the fact that the Hong Kong dollar is actually packed to the US uh, dollar. So mm. that's why the, the HKMA has stepped in to actually try to defend the uh, Hong Kong dollar. So you notice that the high borrowing impact, if we take a look at it now, it's only about close to 2.14% as of a million uh, recent numbers. And if you look at it worldwide, I think most rates have already gone to 3 to 4%. And just to give it a bit of context, in Singapore now, our one month is about close to 3.9%. So 2.1 versus 3.9, I think the borrowing cost in Hong Kong is still actually relatively cheap, which is mm. why there's all this carry trades going on, right? So, but I think in general, as this takes place uh, over time, I think the rates in Hong Kong will have to match perhaps even that of the US. So you can actually expect that this high ball most likely will age up higher. So what will happen in an environment where the high ball is high? Uh, typically in a higher interest rate environment, actually banks tend to benefit because if you take a look at it, a lot of the banks' earnings that you also based on the fact that they derive what they call the net interest income and that's how much they borrow, that's how yeah. much they fund as well. So in a rising high ball uh, interest rate environment, I would think that in general, most banks would actually benefit from this situation. Thanks very much, Carmen. That was Carmen Thank Lee, you. head of OCBC Investment Research. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.